0: all right it's liquid gold where we do shots. Shots. Shots, anyone? all right a quick one today an episode of shots where we're going to talk through some of the classics from new orleans the amazing cocktails that have originated down in the big easy of which there are a lot so a lot of drinking history was really formed by the city of new orleans and On the heels of Mardi Gras here, and maybe your Fat Tuesday party, you know, the party just keeps going. So we're heading into spring, and a lot of these drinks are both good for while the weather's still cold, maybe while it's rainy, and as the weather warms up, um, and we get into some kind of spring flavors. There's just a crazy array of styles of drinks that have come from New Orleans. It's one of my favorite cities to drink in, one of my favorite cities to kind of explore the history of, And so there's uh, plenty to talk about here. I'm your host, Mike Wolf today, right here on Liquid Gold on the We Own This Town podcast network. Check out everything going on over there at weownthistown.net. Michael, I'm sure, coming through. Producer Michael Eads coming through soon with another music episode, kind of the flagship show on We Own This Town. You can also check out the podcast Mom Cult, which I probably shouldn't even talk about because I'm not a mom. but. Some great parenting stuff going on on that podcast and stuff. So really cool podcast to check out. Email us liquidgoldpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at liquidgold underscore pod. And check out the book Cheer, A Liquid Gold Holiday Drinking Guide that came out in November. And we just have to mention it every show. It's in our contract. Uh, <laughs> you can check out my website at mikewolfbooks.com. And also... The Liquid Gold website, liquidgold.show. You can go back and check out the archives, go through all the hundreds, 100 or so, 110, however many it is that we're at at this point. You can check out all those episodes. Some of these cocktails that we're going to talk about today, we have talked about before. Okay, let's dive right in. And I'm going to give you some recipes, and I'm not going to keep you too long today. I know you got a lot going on. It's the weekend, winter in the south. It's just about over, it seems like. We had uh, record highs in the 80s this week with not a lot of forecasts of cold weather coming soon. So we turn our attention to drinking a little bit earlier in the day, to drinking outside, but I'm going to give you a good cocktail here to start off with. We're going to do five drinks from New Orleans. I don't know if I want to say these are the five best, but these are five of kind of the most important ones. So we're going to go over Sazerac, the Ramos Gin Fizz, the vukare which we're going to start with the brandy crusta and the grasshopper and we might sprinkle in a couple other ones we're just going to kind of go through these really quick here all right now what's so amazing about the vukare this is one of those drinks that you'll make for someone and it will instantly become their favorite drink it is one of the best templates for a boozy style stirred drink that you're ever going to come across you could take this template move different spirits around and come up with a delicious drink, easily. Um, but basically, this cocktail was invented at the Hotel Monteleon in uh, in the French Quarter there in New Orleans. Bucure means the old square, essentially means like the neighborhood where it was invented. Uh, old New Orleans there, invented by uh, Monteleone head bartender at the time, Walter Bergeron. And it is one ounce of rye whiskey, Or you can do one and a half ounces of rye whiskey if you have a really nice rye that you like and you want a little bit more rye forward cocktail. Um, So, an ounce or an ounce and a half of rye, one ounce of cognac or brandy, three quarter ounce of sweet vermouth, a quarter ounce of Benedictine. And then, depending on how nice your rye whiskey is and your cognac, I'm going to say you want to kind of adjust your bitters that way. You don't want to be dashing a ton of bitters into a really nice um, selection of top shelf stuff. So I would say on the bitters go two dashes of Angostura, one to two dashes Peychaud bitters that uh, originated, the Peychaud bitters originated in New Orleans. I guess it's Peychaud would be the correct way to say it. Originated in New Orleans going back almost 200 years. What's so incredible about this drink. So you're going to want to stir this up in a mixing glass full of ice, and then you're going to kind of let it sit. Let it let the flavors develop. Let the water kind of do its thing. Let it dilute a little bit and stay super cold. After a couple minutes or so, you are going to pour this in an old-fashioned glass over an ice cube or two. If you have a big ice cube, that would be perfect for this drink. Do a little orange peel expressed over the top. Insert it in. And there you have it. A boozy, sultry, delicious cocktail. We did a little Mardi Gras party earlier this week over here at the house, and we ended up batching some Vucarets. Did like a bottle of batch Vucarets that we kept in the freezer, and it was a a big hit. So all we did for the batch, we did the same recipe I mentioned earlier. We did the one and a half rye. We had the uh, the Elijah Craig rye, which was just fantastic. So we did a one and a half ounce of rye. And then basically you... uh, you times that recipe by say 8 or so and then you want to add say an ounce of water or so per per drink that you're making and that'll keep your dilution perfect it'll still freeze it'll still get super cold without you know without completely freezing cuz it's mostly booze it's it's just an incredible cocktail easy to batch a great template so just let me let me explain a little bit what I, what I mean by the template thing so if you were to take Say, say you're a rum person and you want to make a nice rum drink. All right, substitute the rye for rum. And then that cognac part, say you're kind of a big mezcal fan. Say maybe you have a little Anejo tequila. Say you want to use bourbon. Bourbon could be great too. So what if you did rum, bourbon. Instead of sweet vermouth, you did dry vermouth because the rum, is going to, the rum and the bourbon are going to give you a little bit of sweetness. And then instead of the Benedictine, all right, so we're subbing sweet vermouth for dry vermouth. And then instead of the Benedictine, you could try like an Amaro. But, but what about if you did uh, another elixir made by monks, yellow chartreuse? Okay. So we're creating a cocktail here right on the fly. And then then you could keep with the Angostura and the Peychaud bitters. You could just do Angostura. And so that's that's why this drink is such a nice template, that kind of one to one and a half to one to three-quarter, to quarter, and then your little bit of bitters. So we just came up with a cocktail right there. Rum, bourbon, dry vermouth, yellow chartreuse. That would be phenomenal. I'm sure someone has come up with that at some point. If they haven't, I guess we can just uh, coin it right here. And I don't know, what, what are we going to name it? I think you could just call it The Place <laughs> instead of The Old Square. But yeah, the Voucaret, uh is a French translation for Old Square, as we mentioned, and it, it, it was a name for the New Orleans French Quarter, um, back going back to the 1830s. So uh, that's that's the Voucare, incredible. That one, uh, the Sazerac is probably more popular, but the Voucare is kind of kind of sits on top of that mountain of New Orleans drinks. All right, moving on to the Sazerac. All right, incredible drink, almost 200 years old. We talked about it on the show. Uh, last fall with Abby from uh, Standard Proof. We had a lot of fun talking Sazerac. I can give you a, two recipes. It can be made kind of two ways. So you can do a rye forward Sazerac where you're just doing two ounces of rye, quarter ounce of Demerara syrup. So a rich Demerara syrup. That would be two parts sugar to one part water. Quarter ounce of that. And then I'd say two dashes of uh, Angostura and maybe one to two dashes of Peychaud And you stir that up, let it get nice and cold. And then you're going to serve that in a, you're going to serve it neat in a cold glass. You do want to take like a neat old-fashioned glass from the freezer or the fridge. You do want a chilled glass for your Sazerac. That's pretty traditional. It'll be so much more enjoyable that way. And then you just rinse the glass with absinthe while it's still empty. Take a little absinthe, run it around the inside of the glass there and discard it. Some people like to leave a little hint of that absinthe in there if you like absinthe. And you can also, if you have an atomizer, where you can spray that, you can really cover all the surface area of the glass that way without wasting too much. So that's kind of a a pro move if you don't want to waste too much uh, absinthe while you're rinsing. And then, uh, oh, garnish-wise, you want to do a lemon peel expressed over the top. You could insert it. You could discard it. Whatever you're feeling. And then another way to drink a, a Sazerac would be where, where people like to take the, the traditional old school Sazerac, which was a cognac and brandy drink. You can, you can do a split base. So basically you're doing one and a half ounces of cognac, one and a half ounces of rye, the quarter ounce of Demerara syrup, the two dashes Angostura, one to two dashes Peychaud. You could do as much as three dashes of Angostura, two dashes Peychaud. You can flop that three Peychaud, two Angostura. You get the idea. Depending on how much you like those bitters, they can be absolutely delicious. But the split base is is really popular. I helped out with a party earlier this week, a Mardi Gras party. I batched a bunch of Sazeracs for them, and I did the split base, and they were delicious. Just remember when you're batching, you do want to add that little bit of water to simulate the idea that you've stirred that over ice and you've done that dilution. This cocktail, as we men- mentioned, the Peychaud uh, Pharmacy and the Peychaud Bitters that were created there in New Orleans. According to the legend uh, of this cocktail, it was created at Antoine Amadé Peychaud's Pharmacy on Royal Street there in New Orleans. Then it was popularized later by the Sazerac Coffee House, which was on uh, Exchange Place in the French Quarter there. It was named after the brand of cognac that was Sazerac de Forge et Filles, it was two reasons. So people really started getting into rye whiskey in the 1870s, but also there was the phylloxera epidemic, which kind of came later, but that allowed cognac to kind of fall out of favor a little bit. But the absinthe part of this drink um, is so New Orleans and just so great. So they had Herb Saint in New Orleans for a long time when absinthe was you know, outlawed. So if you can find Herb Saint, that's another one, a great New Orleans ingredient. It's like their own kind of absinthe. It's a little bit sweeter than a lot of absinthe, but it's great for mixing. So the Sazerac, just incredible. Basically a little bit more complicated and delicious and involved. Old-fashioned. Basically kind of a riff on an old-fashioned. Like a lot of those early cocktails were. All right, now we're going to get into, we're going to flip some of these boozy drinks on their head and get into some cream and egg white. Talking about the Ramos Gin Fizz, the greatest morning cocktail ever created, the greatest brunch cocktail probably ever created, even though it can be very difficult to make a lot of Ramoses during a busy brunch shift. It's one of the cruelest things you can do to sit down at a busy bar during brunch and order a Ramos. But there are plenty of bartenders who also say, I'm a badass and I don't care how busy I am, I'll make you a Ramos because I'm a professional. So this drink comes back goes back to 1888 the Imperial Cabinet Saloon on uh, Gravier Street there in New Orleans. Henry C Ramos, he created this drink and popularized it at his own bar where it was basically liquid air conditioning. It was so hot in New Orleans during the spring and summer and late summer that this drink was really like drinking a cloud. It's the closest thing you'll ever drink to drinking a cloud. So Basically, it's this concoction of gin, heavy cream, lemon juice, lime juice, simple syrup, egg white, and orange flower water. So you do need a few exotic ingredients in terms of the orange flower water, um, but easy enough to find. And once you get that one little bottle, it's going to take you a long time to go through it because you w- you really want drops of the orange flower water in this drink and maybe one on top. This can be a difficult drink to make if you're really trying to go for that huge head of foam on top. But I wouldn't say, if you're just making one for yourself at home or for your friends, I don't think you need to kill yourself in shaking this thing for eight minutes, 10 minutes, as people say, five minutes. But let's go through a recipe here. Let's say, since it's a morning drink, we're going to call it one and a half ounce of gin. We're going to call it one ounce of heavy cream, half ounce of lemon juice, quarter to a half ounce of lime juice, depending on how kind of acidic you might want it, how tart you might want it. About a half an ounce of simple syrup, maybe a little bit less if you don't want it quite as sweet, and then one egg white, so the whites from one egg, and then I'd say two to three drops of orange flower water, and then we're also going to garnish with a little bit of orange flower water. Basically, you take all those ingredients without ice, since we have the cream and the egg white, we really have to get those incorporated. So you're going to shake that without ice, shake that for a good 20, 30 seconds, incorporate everything. Then you want to throw in one big ice cube, maybe two big ice cubes and shake it, shake it to high heaven. So shake it for about a minute or two, almost until all the ice that you're shaking with has diluted in the drink and it's going to be super frothy. And then um, you do need a little soda water for this one. So you're going to pour, I'd say about an inch or two, depending on the size of the glass, an ounce, ounce and a half of soda water. In the bottom of the empty glass of a tall Collins-style glass, then you're going to pour the cocktail in there, strain it in there, and you'll see that this cloud of boozy deliciousness that you're about to be drinking to revive you for whatever the day has in store for you. Then maybe you could top it with a little bit more soda water, and you'll see that foam on the top rise, because again, you're pouring this into a Collins glass. That doesn't have ice, so this is this is why it's so much like drinking a cloud. There's no ice in here. It's just this foamy, creamy deliciousness, and it's definitely one of the better drinks you'll you'll ever have if you're if you're into you know cocktails at all. I feel like people this drink always just kind of blows people away. Um, do a little orange flower water, a couple drops on top. You could do uh, a little mint on top. You could do like an orange twist. Zest a little orange on top, but just a phenomenal drink. Has stood the test of time almost 150 years later and truly is liquid air conditioning. So that's the Ramos. So one that I feel like doesn't get enough dew. You kind of see it come and go. Sometimes it's back in fashion. Sometimes it fades uh, fades away. But um, this is a drink that um, the research I, I found this drink goes all the way back to 1850. We're talking about the Brandy Crusta. So there were this style of drinks where um, it was like booze, maybe a hint of citrus, a hint of like a couple liqueurs maybe, just like a couple dashes here and there, and and then like a sugar rim. So this is like the precursor to the, to the sidecar, the famous like cognac, brandy, lemon juice, orange liqueur drink. You can do this really simply in a mixing glass, so you don't necessarily have to shake this. I don't think this was shaken a shaken drink back in the 1850. Um, created at this bar called the Jewel of the South, which was the bar at the New Orleans City Exchange on Gra- Gravier Street in New Orleans, invented by Joseph Santini. It sounds like a bartender from 1850, Joseph Santini. All you need here in a mixing glass, two ounces of cognac, maybe a quarter ounce or so of fresh lemon juice, maybe a quarter ounce of simple syrup. Now, if you have a liqueur around, like maraschino liqueur or Cointreau, um, I would I would suggest like sneaking in like a spoon, bar spoon, say a teaspoon, half teaspoon of one of those liqueurs, just to give it a little bit of complexity. Um, but then you're going to be, and then maybe a dash or two of Angostura. Stir that up nice and cold. And then as you let it ch- chill and sit there in the mixing glass for a minute, Go ahead and get your coupe glass ready. So maybe from the freezer, maybe from the fridge. It's always nice to have a cold coupe to drink out of. Do a sugar rim around the entire rim of the glass. And, and a lot of the brandy crusts, the traditional ones, would have uh, very like thick sugar rim. And then you peel like a long, wide swath of orange peel or lemon peel. Orange peel is, is pretty uh, traditional. And you set it in the glass in, in kind of a circle, all right? So it's kind of like circling the whole coop. You have this huge orange peel in there. And that combination of the orange peel and the sugar rim is what makes this drink so beautiful. And um, it's brandy forward. You get that little bit of citrus. And this was back in a time when the, the measurements were just a little bit different. Drinks were a little bit boozier as this drink would develop into the sidecar You know, there'd there'd be more lemon juice added. There'd be a little bit more liqueur added. It would be shaken. uh, But this old school Brandy Crusta is dope and a really, really delicious, simple drink. You know, if you can make any drink with, say, three or four ingredients that's just complex and delicious, sign me up. All right. Before we get into the hurricane, which we have to mention, we've done a Shots episode on it. I do want to mention this is one I found um, that I totally forgot about. But I remember making these back at Husk years ago during raspberry season. And, you know, since we have California supplying many of our grocery stores, you can almost always get uh, raspberries. What's so interesting about this drink called the Ruffinyak is uh, this goes back to 1890. It was the signature cocktail at a place called Maley's Restaurant there in New Orleans. Um, so it's a little bit more obscure, but I do want to mention it because this was one of the first early drinks that was known to have a raspberry shrub or any kind of vinegar component. Shrubs are really popular back then as kind of a way to beat the heat and to quench your thirst and to cool you down. The acid in the vinegar really helped to cool people down. But it's basically this is a nice long tall kind of highball style drink where you've got the raspberry shrub, cognac, maybe a little simple syrup to sweeten it up from the shrub and soda water. All right, so super delicious. It took a little bit of, so if we were gonna give a a recipe there, I'd say, um, you know, you've gotta make the raspberry shrub, which you could do say equal parts, like a cup of raspberries, a cup of white distilled vinegar, a cup of sugar. Mash all that together and let that sit in your fridge for a couple days, a week, two weeks, however long you can. So this is kind of more of a project drink. It's gonna be incredibly delicious. And so what you're going to do, you're going to use a half ounce of that shrub after you've all strained it through, made your shrub. One and a half ounces of cognac or brandy. I'd say about a quarter ounce to a half ounce of simple syrup. And then soda water to bottom and top it. You can garnish it with some fresh raspberries and maybe a little bit of mint if you've got it. But super cool New Orleans drink that I wanted to mention. Before we get into probably the most famous New Orleans drink, other than the hand grenade, (laughs) Uh, but no, the, um, the hurricane and an old school hurricane can be just incredible because it doesn't really have to be a million different ingredients or a bunch of different boozy, uh, cheap rums with liqueurs, etc. that you're probably going to get down there in Bourbon Street. But this was invented in the 40s at Pat O'Brien's bar. Um, you can go back to our shots episode where we really dive into the history on it and talk a lot about like, is the hurricane a tiki drink, which we kind of settled on. Yes. But basically, you're going to take three ounces of your favorite dark rum. So it's a hefty pour of rum. Then you need some passion fruit, okay? So you could get, like, a perfect puree, passion fruit puree, and then, say, do a cup of the puree to maybe a half cup of sugar and a half cup of water. Mix that together, and you'd have a nice passion fruit syrup. Really tasty. Um, So let's say we've got the three ounces of rum and maybe three-quarter ounce of the passion fruit syrup, and then about three-quarter ounce of fresh lemon juice. And that's really all it took for, uh, at Pat O'Brien's Bar, Benson Pat O'Brien and Charlie Cantrell, they had so much rum. They just had too much rum around. People weren't drinking it as much. So they were like, God, we've got to figure out how we can get people to drink all this rum. So they created this drink. And I think what's amazing from like just a culinary standpoint with this drink and it shows you why if you're thinking about creating your own drinks or when you're thinking about what you're mixing, you know, it's one of the simplest things. It's like like goes with like whatever, you know, passion fruit has that kind of lemon tart flavor to it. So it's obviously going to be great with lemon. So those two things work really well together and you don't see it a ton that like people are mixing passion fruit and lemon, but just incredible. Um, So that's the hurricane. You can shake that serve it uh, in a big glass over ice. You can blend it for five to six seconds like a classic tiki drink. But that's the Hurricane. All right, yeah, last but not least, we got to mention the Grasshopper. So even though this was concocted for a cocktail competition in New York City, this is a New Orleans drink because it was brought back where it became the signature drink at Tujox. And when my friend Kevin King and I were in New Orleans for Tales of the Cocktail, we went to Tujox to check out the Grasshopper, and see what we were missing out on. And we loved it. Though this is a sweet, sometimes sugary, desserty kind of cocktail, man, we thought it was incredible at Tujox. We crushed two in succession each. And then we were like, all right, let's go get some coffee. But the Grasshopper is basically an ounce to an ounce and a half of creme de cacao, an ounce to an ounce and a half of creme de menthe, an ounce or so of cream, and that's it. You can add a little ice cream if you want to get Wisconsin-style after-dinner drinks, supper club drink style where they'll add some ice cream to it. I don't think you really need it, but Tujoc's was opened in 1856. It's still there. It's a great place to drink and while away the day there in New Orleans. But going back to some history here, so the uh, the drink was invented at some point around 1918. Um, and Tujac claims that the owner, uh, Philip Goucher, he created this drink when he traveled to New York City for a cocktail competition. And where I believe he placed second, that's the word, and came back and it became the signature drink at Tujac's. They make a ton of them every day. I mentioned the ingredients and everything. This is a drink that you can shake and serve in like a champagne flute. You can serve it in a coupe. You can do things like shaving chocolate over the top. You can, uh, if you want to blend this and you want to get really crazy, add some frozen Thin Mints, the Girl Scout cookies. You can add uh, Bronca Minta, the minty fernet Bronca. That's kind of a next level way if you really want to make this drink a little bit more complex and not quite as dessert But, man, a lot of people have creme de menthe and creme de cacao just sitting around doing nothing. And this is a good way to get rid of that stuff. Amazing drink, the Grasshopper. Couldn't talk about New Orleans drinks without at least telling you a little bit about that one. So the next time you're in New Orleans, go to Toujacs, get a Grasshopper, go to the Carousel Bar and get a Vucure, as well as all these other beautiful New Orleans drinks. And then I'll say that we had a lot of uh, great New Orleans records that we were playing during the party earlier this week. My favorite... This is a phenomenal record. The Wild Chapatulas. All right, see if you can track that down. This was a historic meeting. Alan Toussaint gathered together the meters with many of the Neville brothers, and they're touching on um, some of the Native American themes that come up with Mardi Gras. And it's just an incredible record from the 70s. Wild Chapatulas, Check that record out. That's probably my favorite New Orleans record. And then anything that Alan Toussaint was involved in is probably worth your time as well. We'll see you soon on another edition here of Liquid Gold. There will be more booze news to come and more interviews, cocktails, recipes, wines, beers, non-alcoholic stuff. Coca-Cola. We've got a lot to talk about Coca-Cola coming up as um, it's been shown to, what, increase testosterone and make your balls bigger. So, crazy. I'm sure we'll get into that on the next episode. Kenneth will have a lot to say about that one. In the meantime, I'm Mike Wolf, your host, and we'll see you next time right here on Liquid Gold.